And I want to talk about righteousness today. Uh, the Bible tells us the righteous are as bold as a lion. The righteous are as bold as a lion. So there is benefit in righteousness. There is strength in righteousness. There is power in righteousness. And today we want to take this uh, subject and learn from the Word of God. The book, book of Proverbs uh, reads in Proverbs 28 verse 1. The wicked man flees, so no one pursues. But the righteous are as bold as a lion. Okay, this is word of God. Okay, this is not, not just my idea, this is the word of God. And in Psalm 138 verse 3, we read, In the day when I cried out, you answered me and made me bold with strings in my soul. All the kings of the earth shall praise you, O Lord, when they hear the words of your mouth. Yes, they shall sing of the ways of the Lord, for great is the glory of the Lord. Praise God. And made me bold with strings in my soul. Okay, God wants to make each and every one of us bold with the strings from above within our innermost being, in our soul. Philippians chapter 1 verse 19. Philippians chapter 1 verse 19. The Bible reads, For I know that as you pray for me and the Spirit of Jesus Christ helps me, this will lead me to my deliverance. For I fully expect and hope that I will never be ashamed, but that I will be that I will be able to continue to be bold for Christ as I have been in the past. That I will continue to be bold as I have been in the past. Praise God. So we are able to see that uh, boldness is something that God wants to see established in our lives, no matter who we are, if we are walking with Christ, if we are called the righteous, then we should manifest boldness in our lives. Let us pray. Lord our God, we want to thank you so much for your wonderful presence today, and I pray, Lord, may you visit us in a new way. Visit us with your righteousness. Lord, pour out boldness and strength into every one of our hearts. Lord Jesus, we thank you that we are not alone in this world, that we are not struggling with the challenges that are surrounding us every single day. But Lord, thank you that we are able to walk in the strength that is from above, that we are able to walk in the boldness that you give to each and every one of us. So Lord, so Lord I pray that you help us this morning to understand the inheritance that is ours in Christ. Lord, that we are not living in a weak posture, that we are not hiding ourselves in fear, but Lord, that we can be able to confront whatever challenges we may face in the boldness of the Lord. To you be the glory and the honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, this word is uh, meant to really give us encouragement. You know, the righteous 
The Bible tells us the righteous do not rely on their own strength, on their own flesh and blood, on their own muscles. Because, like the Bible says, out of my flesh nothing good will ever come. Okay? So we, we, we sometimes may not uh, accept that, but that's what the Bible says. Out of our flesh, out of our fallen nature, nothing good will ever come. And that's why God has decided to bring you know, his own power, his own Holy Spirit into our lives so that we are not depending on what we as human beings can do on our own, but that we are depending on God. Now, the subject today is that the righteous are bold as a lion. And, and you know, the boldness of a lion, I think it's very well known. I don't know whether you've ever seen how lions attack, you know, and of course, what we can learn from lions, they are not attacking alone, they're always together. Okay, and we, must, as, a, as the people of God, we must understand that God has put us together so that we are even more strong. Okay, that we are able to overcome whatever obstacles this world is going to put before us. But you know, a lion is not afraid. Uh, this, is, this is a special gift that, that God has given the lion. Okay. Uh, uh, Buffalo is much bigger and much more stronger, much more powerful, and it can even kill a lion easily, provided it can get it, okay? So lions are, uh, you know, if you look at the human, I mean, the, 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 the physical strength, the lions are far below par compared to buffaloes, and yet uh, they like to hunt buffaloes. They like to bring down a buffalo, and they are able to, okay? Because they are fearless, number one, and number two, they're working together in the pride of uh, the lions. So God is using this uh, as a picture, okay? We are not animals, of course. Uh, we are humans. And, and God wants to show us that he wants to give us the ability that we can see in the, in the lion, okay? That ability of boldness, uh, that is what God wants to pour out into our heart and life. And we don't have that in the natural. Okay, in the natural, very often we are so afraid, so timid, you know, uh, very easily intimidated. But God says, you know, when you are walking in the righteousness of God, when God can call you the righteous, then you are going to be transformed. You will be as bold as a lion. And you know, this is exactly what we should aim at, okay? God has given us that promise that we should become bold as a lion. And you know, I want to sh take you through, to, uh, through some people's life and show you how, how God is transforming lives to make them uh, bold, just like lions. And you know, because we are not depending on ourselves because, uh, you know, human beings, you know, we, there's a certain song that uh, the man of this world will let you down, but Jesus never fails. Uh, the man of this world is even me and you, okay? So we can let ourselves down, okay? But Jesus will never let us down. Jesus never fails. And I think it's important for us to realize exactly that. So we will never be righteous by our own human works or our human strength. You know, the Bible is clearly telling us that we are all fallen, we are all wretched uh, because of sin. 
And that's why, of course, out of a sinful vessel can never come righteousness. And that's why God sent his son, Jesus Christ, into this world. So that he gives us the strength, that he gives us the boldness. Like we have been reading in Psalm 138. You know, the Bible says here, in the day when I cried out, you answer me and made me bold with strength in my soul. God is specialized in giving us the ability, the strength, the power that is able to overcome whatever obstacle we may meet. Okay, so let us understand that God is really looking into every one of our lives, in your life, life in my life, and he sees the weaknesses, he sees the, the shortcomings, and he wants to give us the strength of the Most High. Amen? Maybe a word to my, to my audio team, please take the echo a little bit, little bit down. Okay, so let's understand that God wants to give us boldness, wants to give us strength. Paul is uh, telling us in the book of Philippians chapter 1 and verse 19, this very, very important uh, word. He says, and you know, this was a time when Paul was going through hardships when he was uh, not able to be freely uh, moving in the places where he would wanted to go. And so he says, for I know that as you pray for me, the spirit of Jesus Christ helps me. This will lead to my deliverance. For I fully expect and hope that I will never be ashamed, but that I will continue to be bold for Christ as I have been in the past that I will be continuing in boldness. And you know, when you look at the life of uh, Paul, you can see that he was somebody who was bold in the flesh. And of course, God brought him down because it really didn't amount to anything. He was trying to persecute the church and he was trying to show his uh, strength in, in the natural. But then God says, no, 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 this is not what I want you to waste your life with. I don't want you to go backwards, okay, or, or, or waste your life with uh, just a human ability. And, and so God took away his strengths. He became blind. He became helpless. He needed to be supported until finally God lifted him up again and until finally God gave him the spirit from above and with the spirit from above there came the boldness into his life that was able to do great and powerful things. You see, the Bible tells us that, you know, there is the, pro the, the promise that God has given to, uh, to Joel the prophet, that he will pour out his spirit on all people. Okay, we read this, of course, in the book of Joel and again in the book of Acts chapter 2, verse 16 and 17. You know, God has promised that he will not leave us alone. You know, that he will give us his Holy Spirit, that he will give us his own nature. And when we have the nature of God, then we will be very, very bold. Because God is bold, okay? God declares powerful things and they will come to pass. He's not afraid that maybe, will it happen or will it not happen? You know, many times that's, that's our posture. If I do this, will it really work out or will it not work out? 
but we don't see that in, 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 God's, in God's ways. Isaiah chapter 45 verse 18 tells us a very powerful uh, word. Okay, and it says here, for the Lord is God. He created the heavens and the earth and put everything into place. He made the world to, live, to be lived in, not to be a place of empty chaos. I'm the Lord, he says, and there is no other. I publicly proclaim bold promises. I love that. You know, God says, I publicly proclaim bold promises. Okay? And thank God, he doesn't make empty promises. When God promises, then it will come to pass. Okay? I do not whisper obscurities in some dark corner. I would not have told the people of Israel to seek me if I could not be found. Okay, so God says, I'm not trying to trick you. I'm not trying to tell you one thing and then it cannot work out. No, I've, I've, I've told you, seek me and you, you'll find me. Amen? I proclaim publicly bold pro promises. And God can be held to his word because what he says, that's what is going to happen, that's what he's going to do. So I do not whisper obscurities in some dark corner. I would not have told you or told the people of Israel to seek me if I could not be found. I, the Lord, speak only what is true and declare only what is right. Now let's understand that God is not flesh and blood, okay? When you think about, you know, horsepower, you know, I mean, we have, we have got machines, we have got cars, we have got trucks, and the more horsepower they have, the more they can carry. Uh, but, but God is not human, okay? So God does not uh, measure his power in human strengths. And yet, even so, he is spirit. He made all the things that we see, okay? He made them come to pass according to what he declared. He, he, he made this powerful statement, let there be light and there was light. His word came through and life came into being. And so we must understand that's exactly what he wants to do in our life. God is not flesh and blood. And flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. And so that's why we must understand that God must be at work inside of every single one of us, okay? God does desire to be at work in your heart and in your life. He wants to bring things into being through his spirit, even the visible world. And that's what he has done in creation and that's what he continues to do even today. So what the natural man can never accomplish is possible by the supernatural means of the Holy Spirit. When God speaks, the Holy Spirit is at work and the Word of God comes, you know, these three dimensions of, the, uh, of, of, of God himself, you know, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, then powerful things are going to take place. God's Spirit in human vessels results in boldness. And that's why, you know, uh, we, we need the, the Spirit of God in our hearts. Because naturally, most of us, we are not very bold, okay? Very often we are 
going into hiding. And even if you should be bold in the natural, let me tell you that's not sufficient. You need to have the boldness that is coming as a result of the Spirit of God in your life. And so the Bible says it's the righteous who is bold as a lion. You know, you, you, you don't need to be afraid that maybe what happened in the past may let you down, may, may, may actually destroy you in the future. You know, that's what a lot of people are uh, realizing. You know, people who are running for public office, very often they, they, are, they are very bold and they are trying to t tell people, I can do this and I can do that. And then some journalists are digging out what they did in the past. Okay? Then they bring all of the things they have done wrong in their lives. And all of a sudden, you know, they, they lose their boldness. And many of them have had to, to you know, discontinue their, their, their drive for a certain public function. But we, who are in Christ, we have the, the privilege to be bold because God is our righteousness. God is our strength. God is our support. He will never leave you. He will never let us down. And that's why we can stand boldly and strongly in the power of God. You know, God foreshadowed this in the Old Testament. There were so many powerful things that happened. And of course, the people of Israel who were uh, in slavery in, in Egypt, they were shouting and crying out to God for help. And finally, God provided them a leader in Moses. And Moses was just an ordinary human being, but God said, I will guide you, you know, I will lead you. And that is exactly what he did. So Moses could not deliver the people of Israel in his own strength, but he could do it because God was with him. The Red Sea opened. You know, when they were trapped between the Red Sea and the, and the Egyptians, they were panicking. And, and, and God told Moses, you know, let him be quiet. Maybe he said it even more strongly. Let him shut up. Okay? Because they were afraid. And how many times have you and I been afraid because we feel trapped? We feel squeezed in. There's a problem ahead of us. You know, we want to go forward, but it seems there is no way. And then the past is always trying to come and catch us. But then in that situation, we must understand that God is real, okay? And God is the one who brought them to that place. It's, it's, it's God who sent Moses to bring the people out of Egypt and into the promised land. And he was not gonna fail along the way, but he was going to be able to do exactly what he had said. So when the people were panicking and they were wondering what to do, what would happen next, you know, God told them, let them be quiet and see the mighty deliverance of the Lord. And God instructed Moses, lift up your staff. Okay, that was an ordinary shepherd's staff. The very staff that Moses probably used when he was taking care of the sheep of his, uh, his father-in-law Jethro. But then of course God was enabling him to do things that human power could never have done. Okay? Have you ever stood in front of a river and you lifted just your, your, your stuff and says, now divide the waters? It will not happen, okay? I remember many years ago, I uh, had uh, uh, one of my 
um, companions in our, in our college who went into a certain forest and there was a very large tree and he stood in front of that tree almost every day and he commanded the tree to be transplanted into some other place. Unfortunately, the tree didn't, didn't obey. Okay. Because he was trying to do it in his human ability, in his human strength. You know, if, if you're trying to do something just because it is written in the Bible and now you want to do it out of your own strength, it will not work unless God tells you. That's a different story. Unless God gives you the mandate to go and do it, then it will happen. Okay? So Moses was told by God, lift up your staff. And God said to the people of Israel, the Egyptians that you see today will never see anymore. Okay? Now in the natural, that would have just been totally, totally impossible. Okay? There was no way that the people of Israel who were just coming out of Egypt as slaves, who were not trained in battle, who had no weapons, that they could have overpowered the people of Israel. I mean, the people of, 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 of uh, the army of Egypt, rather. Okay? Well, it was impossible. And yet God said, the Egyptians that you see today, you will see no more. Now these Egyptians, they came and bring them back into slavery again, maybe even to, to eradicate them in one way or the other, but uh, God was on the side of the people of God. He had heard their prayer. And you know, sometimes God, who hears our prayer, believes in our prayer, but we ourselves, we don't believe in our prayer. Have you ever noticed? Sometimes you pray something and you even forget it. And then God fulfills your prayer and you wonder, ah, yes, some time ago I prayed like that. And now it has happened. God doesn't forget our prayer. You understand? The Bible tells us that it's, it's, it's going to be all put into certain vessels that are uh, before the Lord. Okay? So God came through for them. Even so, they cried out. They wanted to be delivered. And eventually they got delivered. But then they were... They were not believing that God could do it all the way, you know, so halfway they thought they must die. But then God used Moses and this stuff that was just a piece of timber, okay? Maybe, a, a, I don't know where he cut it from, you know, but, but that was it. And yet God divided the Red Sea. And they got excited because they could walk through the Red Sea on dry ground. While they were doing that, the Egyptians who were behind them, they could not reach them because God put a boundary there. You know, there was a, a cloud, okay? That was uh, darkness to them, but light to the, to the people of Israel. And so let me tell you, you know, if you're the, the, the righteous of God, then God will give you light while he gives darkness to your enemies. Amen? God can deal with those things that are tripping you, that are trying to make your life difficult. And he wants to do that. But you know, we need to trust him. And sometimes we talk too much in unbelief. That's why God said, tell these people to shut up, okay? Because what they are saying is contrary to what I am going to do, okay? 
he did it again, you know, later on when the people of Israel entered into Jericho. He told them that they must surround Jericho. And then he gave them a command. He said, let them not say anything. Okay, let them shut up. Because, you know, if you're walking around the city and you do this every day and, you know, the last day seven times and nothing is happening, eventually people will say, oh, what are we doing here? You know, this thing we have now done every day for the last five days. Nothing is happening. Okay? God said, tell them to be quiet. And sometimes that's a good advice that I may want to give you, you know. Sometimes before you make all kind of negative statements, this can never happen, this is impossible, shut up. Okay? If you can't confess your faith, at least say nothing. And let God work it out. Amen? Amen? So often we, I'm sure you hear yourself sometimes saying things which you are not even planning, but they are coming to your ear. You know, words of negativism. No, I can't make it. This is impossible. Am I not right? Okay. I mean, we all have challenges. We all have, uh, you know, obstacles in our way. And when you face these obstacles, don't tell everybody or even don't tell yourself that it is impossible to overcome them. Because you are not alone. You know, God has promised to be with you. And God has said very clearly, the righteous should be and will be as bold as a lion. Okay? So there is a way of overcoming these this obstacles that God is going to help you to overcome. Okay, so the people of Israel, they walked through the Red Sea on dry ground. And when they had arrived on the other side, <clears throat> they turned around and they saw the Egyptians were following them. Because now God had removed the barrier and they could follow. And they did follow. Now, of course, these people were not people of faith. Okay? These were people who were just trying to use an opportunity to catch the uh, slaves that had run away. Okay? And God had not promised the people of uh, Egypt, the army of Egypt, to come uh, safely through the, the Red Sea. So when they were now all in the Red Sea, and you know the Red Sea is quite wide, uh, it's not just a river, it's a, it's a sea, okay? You can check on the map, okay, there are some people who have got different opinions where that was, but where it was, most probably, it's a quite a wide uh, expanse, okay? And so the Egyptians were now uh, inside the Red Sea with the the, 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 the water standing on the left and on the right, okay? While the people of Israel were already on the other side and they were looking again in terror and in fear, these people are following us. These people are going to catch up with us. But then God just told Moses, take your stuff again and then the waters came rushing back, okay? God opened the Red Sea for the people of Israel, for his people, not for the Egyptians, okay? So God does not make way for your problems. Actually, he's going to drown your problems, okay? That's why we need to learn to trust him. That's why we need to learn to shut up and not allow our words of unbelief to talk, but believe in God, okay? Believe that he will come through for us. When they were finally in the desert, there were so many challenges again. This time now, 
the Egyptians were no longer there, and of course, it must have uplifted them because now they could sleep well. If, they, if God would have not dealt with the army of Egypt, every morning they would have, or every night probably, they would have dreamt about the Egyptians coming. Any noise they would have heard, they said, oh, now they are here. So God showed them, I've dealt with this problem. Forget about it. Okay? And, and this is what God wants to do in your life and in my life. He wants to deal with issues so that they don't come back again. Okay? That's why God said the, 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 the Egyptians that you see today, you will see no more. Praise God. And that's what he wants to do with the enemies that are pursuing you as well. Okay? He wants to take them away so that you do not see them anymore. So the Egyptians were gone, but they came into the desert. Okay? And there were a lot of people, you know. Uh, maybe two million people, roughly. And two million people, they need water just like I need water, okay? They need to have something to eat on a daily basis. And of course, if you're in a desert, where do you find jobs? Where do you find the harvest? Where do you find the crop? It's not there. And so people began panicking again. When there was no water, they panicked. They were accusing their leader, why did you bring us here? You could have left us in Egypt. You could have been buried there. You know, they were thinking about death instead of life. Hey, when, when God is delivering you, don't think about dying. Think about living. Think about overcoming. Think about being a champion. Think about being more than a conqueror in Christ. Don't think about your grief. I mean, this, let other people worry about your grief. You know, as long as you're alive. Don't worry about, about your grief. You know, that other people will do that after you're gone. Okay? You confess life. You know, overflowing, abundant life. And so, God provided for them, you know, in a powerful way. When the, the water was bitter, God made it sweet. When there was no water, God said, uh, hit the rock, and water came out from the rock. And the Bible tells us that rock was Christ that was traveling with them. Later on, God said to, the, to Moses, speak to the rock, because the hitting of the rock was like the crucifixion of Jesus Christ in a prophecy way. Okay? And then... It was not, second, it was not uh, necessary to, to, to hit the rock a second time. Unfortunately, Moses did that. Okay, water still came out, but he didn't have the faith, you know, that the rock would, uh, you know, deliver water by just talking to it. So, but I want you to understand, Christ is the rock of ages. Okay, he has been crucified. You don't have to hit him anymore. Okay, speak to him and he will deliver the life, the water of life that you require. When they had nothing to eat, God provided for them, okay? He provided birds that came into the camp at one time, and then he provided manna that was there every morning, very faithfully, every morning God provided for two million people faithfully every single day, okay? God gave them grace. God gave them nourishment. Okay, the people of Israel didn't know what is manna. And that is why manna, the word manna means, what is this? Okay, 
They didn't know what this is, and of course, even we, if we would see it, probably would not know what it is. But it was God's grace provided for them as nourishment. So it was great for the, for the spiritual being and nourishment for the natural human being. It was amazing. And they ate that manna for 40 years, every single day. It only stopped when they finally went into the land that God has promised to them, where there was, uh, you know, uh, abundance. That's why God called it the land in which is flowing milk and honey. It was a land of abundance. And when they entered into that land of abundance, that's when the manna stopped. Because now they could depend on what was growing on the land. So what we can see is that God wants to see the power of God be manifest in our lives. And that's why Jesus said to the disciples in the book of Acts chapter 1, you know, do not leave Jerusalem. Okay? Jesus had already died and he rose again and then he was together with his disciples and they were all happy and, uh, you know, they were now looking forward. When is the kingdom be established uh, that we have been waiting for? And Jesus said, that's not for you, but you need to wait in Jerusalem until God the Father is giving you the gift from above, the Holy Spirit. Amen? And you know, the Holy Spirit in us is what gives us courage, what gives us strength, what gives us boldness. When Jesus came to the waters of Jordan, he came to ask John the Baptist to baptize him. And John the Baptist realized that, you know, by, by, by God's uh, revelation that this is the son of the living God who never had sinned. And so he told uh, Jesus, you don't need this because his baptism was not the baptism that we have today. His baptism was a baptism of repenting from sin, okay? Now, the baptism that Jesus has instituted is a baptism where our old nature is going to be buried and a new nature is going to rise up as a testimony of what God has done into our, in our lives, amen? But when Jesus came to that River Jordan, John said, I'm at a loss, uh, how can I baptize you? Because I, I have seen the revelation from above that you are the, the son of the living God, the Christ who carries the sin of the world away. You are the Lamb of God who is going to deal with our sin. And Jesus said, no, let it happen because I've come to fulfill all righteousness. So God sent Jesus Christ, the righteous Lamb of God, and he didn't come to cut corners. He came to fulfill all righteousness. You know, it was part of the law of God to do all things according to scripture. And the Bible tells us very clearly that human beings cannot keep the law, okay? But when Jesus came, he came to do what we could not do. He kept the law, okay? On our behalf. The law was not wrong, but we human beings were weak to keep that law. And so Jesus said, it is right for me to fulfill all righteousness, okay? And when that happened, you know, he got baptized, uh, dipped into the water, and as he came out of the water, you know, heaven opened and the Holy Spirit came upon him, you know, the Bible says, like a dove, okay? But it was not a dove, it was the Holy Spirit. And it remained on him. The Holy Spirit never went back again. 
Okay, the Holy Spirit was always with Christ. So whatever Jesus did, he did it in the power of the Holy Spirit. He did not depend on his natural ability, okay, on his muscles. And I can tell you Jesus had muscles, okay, because he was a carpenter. You know, he, he was handling trees, timbers, whatever he was making, I don't know, but, but uh, he, he was somebody who was strong. He was not a weakling. Okay, some, sometimes the pictures that you're seeing portray Jesus as a very thin, you know, kind of weak person. No, he was not. He was a strong young man, you know. He had, he had strength. He had power. Okay? So don't have a wrong picture of Jesus. But then he never depended on his muscles, but he depended on the Spirit of God. Okay? He was always taking time to listen to the Father's directions. And then when the Father gave him direction, he did what he did in the power of the Holy Spirit. Never in his own strength. Okay? And God desires the same things to happen in our life. And that's why Jesus said to the disciples, you know, uh, you, have, you have been with me, you have learned from me, you know, you have now seen that I laid my life down and I rose again from the dead. You are now uh, born again. And you know, at one time Jesus came and blew at them and he said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. So that means they were now regenerated. They were now human beings which were no longer just flesh and blood, but they were empowered being children of the Most High God. Okay? But then Jesus said, there's still something that requires, is required in your life. Even so, you are now regenerated, born again, okay? Uh, how uh, that happened, of course, you know, uh, Jesus explained to uh, Nicodemus that you must be born by the Spirit from above, not by flesh and blood, okay? But then he says, you know, there is something still missing because God wants to give you the Holy Spirit in his fullness, in his power, in his strength. And that is so important, okay? And that's why Jesus said, do not go away from Jerusalem until the promise of the Father is being fulfilled and the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Praise God. And of course, this is how we can conquer our fears. This is how we can conquer uh, the attacks of the evil one. You know, Jesus uh, faced Satan. Jesus faced uh, the religious establishment. Uh, Jesus faced people who, who had all kinds of different intentions, and yet he was never afraid, okay? Even in his own hometown, you know, they were getting annoyed with Jesus and, and they wanted to throw him over the cliff. They wanted to kill him. His own, their own son from the, from the, from the uh, city of Nazareth. But Jesus was unafraid. He was just walking through them. They couldn't even touch him. You know why? Because he was moving in the power of the Holy Spirit. He was not moving merely in his human strength. Maybe that would have not been enough to hold the people of Nazareth back uh, from throwing him over the cliff. So Jesus had no fear. And likewise, we need to conquer the fears that we have. You know, we have too many fears. We are often too intimidated. We are so much afraid about things, you know, whether they happen or not happen. You know, very often we are afraid of shadows that are not even there. Is it not true? 
But God wants to help us to overcome. So God transforms feeble humans into bold conquerors, into champions in God. Okay? Let me give you a few examples. You know, the Bible tells us that when Moses was about to be called to the Lord, he was about to die, uh, God told Moses to encourage Joshua who would be able to take the mantle of leadership. And uh, that's what uh, Mo Moses did. He told him to be, to be, you know, to be strong, courageous, to be bold. And when finally Moses had died, God came to Joshua again because he could see, still see he was still timid. He was still afraid of many things. And, and God spoke to uh, Joshua and he says, as I was with Moses, I will be with you. All the days of your life, I will never leave you, I will never forsake you. Okay, you can read in, John chapter, in Joshua chapter 1. Okay, and then God said something which he repeated over and over again. Okay, he didn't say it once or twice, but he repeated. And he said, be strong and courageous. Because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their forefathers to give them. Be strong and be very courageous. Okay, be bold, isn't it? Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. And do not turn from it to the right or to the left, so that you may be successful wherever you go. And if you read further, you know, in the following chapters, chapter 2, chapter 3, God came back to encourage Joshua again and again. Because, you know, there were, there were fears in the in the heart of Joshua. He was now leading the people of Israel into the promised land which God wanted to do many years before and the people refused because they were afraid they were giants in the land. And finally, Joshua was there and he still had this thing in, his, in the back of his mind, giants in the land, giants in the land, giants in the land. And God says, do not be afraid, be strong, be very courageous. Be bold. Amen? Be bold as a lion. And because I'm with you, you can be able to be bold as a lion. So what is, what is true for the life of Joshua is true for all of us. Okay? God is the one who builds our faith. That's why he has given us his word. He comes again and again to every one of us to build us up, to lift us up. To encourage us. Okay, we see another very powerful picture in the life of Peter. We all know Peter. You know, Peter, when uh, Jesus was arrested and he was about to be taken to the cross, uh, Peter denied that he knows Jesus three times. And yet he had promised uh, uh, Jesus no matter who is, what is happening, I'm going to be with you. Even if everybody is running away, I will still be there. And yet he was the first one to run away. You know, so don't trust your own ability. You know, trust God. So Peter was weeping bitterly, you know, because he realized he had denied his Lord just as Jesus himself had told him. 
And later on, you know, finally they found each other, all the disciples, and they were finding a good hideout. They had a building somewhere, I don't know, maybe it belonged to one of them. You know, it was a building that could be locked tight, okay, so that no one could enter. So they locked the doors, they locked the windows, whatever was there to be an opening, they, they made sure nobody could come in. And as they were together, all of a sudden, Jesus stood amongst them and he said, peace be with you. Peace be with you. And then, you know, as I said earlier on, you can read it in John chapter 20, Jesus blew at them and he gave them the Holy Spirit. Okay? And that changed their life. It began to change all of their lives. So these people were cowards, okay? Peter, especially who was claiming, I am going to stand with you, no matter what is going to happen, I'm going to defend you to, the, to my last drop of, of blood. But the reality was he was a coward. He ran away, okay? But then now notice what happened when God's spirit came upon this man and upon all, all the others as well, but especially Peter, the one who was running first, okay? This man became bold as a lion, okay? Because he now was not depending on his own strength. Now he depended on the power of the Holy Spirit. And on the day of Pentecost, we read in chapter two, verse 12, amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what, is, what does this mean? Because the Holy Spirit had just come upon the people in, in, in the power of God. Some, however, made fun of them and said, they've had too much wine. Then Peter, the coward, the one who was coming out of hiding, the one who was running away, who said, I don't know this man, I've never, I've never seen him, never known him, you know? And this was just a slave girl who confronted him, just a girl. And I said, I don't know him. But now Peter stood up with the 11 raised his voice and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews, all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These men are not drunk as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God will, will, will pour, say, uh, the, in, in the last day, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy and your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. Even on my serpent, servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. So in other words, Paul now, I mean Peter now, stands up in boldness, courageous, no longer depending on his human ability, but depending on the power of the Holy Spirit in his life. That changed him. This man was a coward, okay? Maybe you wouldn't even run away from a slave girl, okay? But, but Peter did. When she said, no, you're always is Jesus, and no, 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 and he even, you know, he was even uh, contemplating with a loud voice, no, I don't know this man. And yet, he just denied his Lord. But when the Holy Spirit came upon him, it was all a different story. When he had become a righteous man, not because he was doing something good, but because God gave him his righteousness. 
Okay? Through Jesus Christ. Okay, Jesus came to them and he says, receive the Holy Spirit. You know, and, and they were transformed in their innermost being. And when, when God did that, everything changed. Praise God. And the man who was a coward became a bold man confronting the people he, they were afraid of. You know, the people they were hiding themselves from. That's why they were in that house locking all the doors and the windows. That's how our lives ought to change. Because what God did for them, God wants to do for you and for me, for all of us. Amen? So from a coward, you know, a man who was living in cowardice became a conqueror, became somebody who had no fear anymore because he was now living in the power of God. And we see this time and again, even in other scriptures. Let me just take you to the book of Acts, chapter 13, verse 46. Or let me read from 44. The Bible says, On the next suppers, almost the whole city came together to hear the word of God. But when the Jews saw the multitudes, they were filled with envy and contradicting and blaspheming, they opposed the things Paul spoke. Then, Barnabas, then Paul and Barnabas grew bold. Listen to that. Then Paul and Barnabas grew bold. And in fact, they, they were really not deflated, but inflated. Okay? They grew bold. And they said, it was necessary that the word of God should be spoken to you first. But since you rejected and judged yourselves unworthy, of everlasting life. Behold, we turn to the Gentiles. For so the Lord has commanded us, I've set you as a light to the Gentiles, that you should be for the salvation, that you should be for the salvation to the ends of the earth. Now when the Gentiles heard this, they were glad and glorified the word of the Lord. So let's understand, you know, when God has put his spirit into our lives, when we are righteous, not because of our own doing, but because of the righteousness of God, then we are bold like lions. Amen? We can be able to accomplish amazing things in the strength of our Lord. In the book of 2 Corinthians, the Bible tells us, for what was glorious has now no glory. You know, he talks about the word which was written on tablets and it came with great glory. But now he says, what was glorious, now in comparison, is, is, it cannot be compared with the comparison of the surpassing glory that has come through the power of the Holy Spirit. Okay? And if what was fading away came with glory, okay, he was talking about Moses who was so glorious that he had to cover his face, but eventually it was fading away. And the Bible says, and if that which was fading away came with glory, how much greater is the glory of that which lasts? Therefore, since we have such hope, we are very bold. Praise God. We're not just bold, but we are very bold. Because we are in the ministry of the Spirit, not in the ministry of the flesh. We are able to 
operate in the power of our God. Okay? That's what the Bible means. That the righteous, okay? Those who have the power of God inside of them, in whom the Spirit of the Lord dwells, those are as bold as a lion. Amen? Look at Christ. Christ give us, gives us himself as a great example. Okay? Let me read the scripture in the book of John, chapter 18, verse 2. The Bible says, Now Judas, who betrayed him, knew the place because Jesus had often met there with his disciples. So Judas came to the grove, guiding a detachment of soldiers and some officials from the chief priests and Pharisees. They were carrying torches, lanterns, and weapons. Jesus, knowing all that, was, that was going to happen to him, went out and asked them. Okay, imagine, if you knew that there are people out there who come to arrest you, what would you do? Hide. Run away. Find a hideout somewhere, you know. Jesus didn't do that. Okay. We human beings, we, we, would, we would be, you know, able to find some, some escape route somewhere. And of course, these people, they came with, with torches and lanterns and weapons, you know, uh, but they were not even sure what they were doing. So Jesus could have easily escaped if he wanted to. But what he does, does he do? He steps forward, okay? And amazingly, he asks them, who is it you want? Okay, what do you want? Who do you want? And they say, Jesus of Nazareth. And he said, I'm he. Okay, it's me. So don't look any further. Now, when he did that, you know, stepping forward, he did it in such boldness and power uh, uh, so that the people who were trying to arrest him, I mean, this is a joke, eh? You know, Jesus said, I'm, I'm he. And Jesus said, and Judas the traitor was standing there with them. When Judas said, I'm he, they drew back and they fell. <laughs> they fell to the ground. <laughs> okay, so the one who was supposed to be afraid was standing like a, like a lion. But the ones who were trying to be a threat to him, they were afraid. You know, turning things upside down. Jesus could have easily walked away from them and they couldn't have done anything. But no, that's not what he did. He faced him. He was bold. Bold like a lion, okay? He was never afraid. And so what we see here in the life of the Lord Jesus Christ is that his whole life was characterized of that boldness. When he met Satan, have you met Satan before? Okay? <laughs> have you been tempted before? I'm sure we all have been tempted. We didn't just know that it's the devil who is behind that. But when Jesus met Satan, Jesus was not afraid. Okay? Satan gave him suggestions of how to live his life, and he says, but it is written. Okay? So Jesus stood upon the word of God. He was not afraid, not even, not even a second. Okay? Because he knew Satan had no power over him. He was a righteous son of God. You know, he had nothing to hide. There was no, no uh, things hidden somewhere in his life. 
like it very often happens in our lives, okay? But not in, in the life of Jesus. And that's why he was not afraid of Satan. You know, if you, if you know who you are in Christ, if you know that you are righteous in him, then you don't have to fear anything. You don't have to run, okay? The Bible says it's the wicked man who flees without anybody pursuing him. But the righteous will be able to go forward in boldness, in boldness, just like a lion. Amazing. So Jesus never feared any foe, okay? He never feared the crowds. He never feared the, 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 the people who were trying to, to kill him, you know, the, the, the teachers of the law, the Pharisees. They were all trying to find a way to get rid of him. But Jesus didn't fear them, okay? At one time, you know, the they brought stones and they brought a, a woman whom they had caught in adultery and, and uh, you know, it was a, a, very, a very difficult moment because they wanted to, do, to, to, to stone this, this woman. And uh, if, if Jesus would have said, you can't do it, they would have stoned him too. You understand? And so Jesus stood there as an authority and he says, okay, the one who is without guilt, the one who has never faulted anybody, you be the first to throw the stones. And again, you know, Jesus spoke with authority because otherwise they would have thrown, thrown stones, stones anyhow. But Jesus had such authority that he couldn't do it because all of a sudden, that, that word of Jesus, the one who is without sin, you can start throwing stones. And all of a sudden, they saw their sin in front of themselves. They were like looking in a mirror that God showed them. Okay? And then they dropped the stone on the ground, not killing anybody, just dropping, you know, maybe making some dust. And then they walked out. And Jesus didn't pay attention. He was just writing on the ground as if he was doing something completely different. He was not afraid. He was not uh, intimidated in any way. And... After everybody has gone, he looks up again, and the only one he sees is that woman they wanted to stone. And uh, Jesus is asking her, where are your accuser? And I don't know what she, what she really said. I mean, she must have been, she must have been shocked, you know? She, was, she knew she was about to die, okay? These people were serious. They wanted to see blood. And, and she said, I don't know, they've all gone. Okay, and Jesus said, okay, then I will also not condemn you. Jesus could have condemned her because he was righteous and holy. But he said, I will also not condemn you, but go and sin no more. Praise the Lord. So, you know, Jesus was often put into such situations, but he was never afraid because he is righteous. Okay, and the righteous are bold like a lion. Amen. So let us understand the power of God that is at work in you and me. You know, at work in the saints. Okay? Do you know that you are a saint in God? Okay, you may have come from another tradition and they are saying, you know, for somebody to be declared a saint, you have to be dead for 300 years or at least 50 years and you have to have done this and the other and then you can be declared a saint. That's not what the Bible tells us. The Bible tells us when you are 
washed by the blood of Jesus, born again by the Spirit of God, then you are a saint. Amen? So tell your neighbor, you're a saint in Christ. Amen. Okay, so uh, uh, encourage yourself in the Lord. So when you understand the promises of God, you can face the obstacles in your life boldly. Okay? Be bold. Be strong. Be very courageous. That's what God says to Joshua and he says it to you too. Okay? When God shares his plans with us, he gives us the ability to flow in them. Okay? And even influence them. I don't have time, otherwise I would have told you another story. You can read it in the book of Genesis chapter 18. You know, God comes to Abraham and he says, uh, I'm going to do a certain thing. Should I hide from Abraham what I'm going to do? And then he says, okay, I'm, I have come to see the city of Sodom destroyed. And, and, uh, and Abraham begins to intercede. Okay? God has a plan but he gives Abraham an input. You understand? He gives him an opportunity to say something to his plan. Okay? That's amazing. So when God says, this is what I'm going to do, you know, you have a right to, to talk to him and interfere. Not interfere that God cannot do it, but in a positive way. You know, because God said, I'm going to destroy the city of Sodom. And uh, Moses said, I mean, uh, Abraham rather said, but if there are 50 people, are you going to destroy the city? And God said, no, if there are 50 people, righteous people, then I will not destroy the city. Abraham saw it again and he said, what if there are only 45? Okay. And uh, the Lord said, even if there are 45, I'm not going to destroy the city. And he, of course, came down up to 10. But then what, what, uh, what um, uh, Abraham says, and he says it twice, and Abraham spoke up again, now that I have been so bold to speak to the Lord, so I am nothing but dust and ashes. What if the number of the righteous is five less than the number he mentioned before? So in other words, God made um, Abraham very bold that he could actually even uh, negotiate with, with, with the Lord. Okay, and God says, okay, for your sake, for your prayer, I will do it. Unfortunately, they were not even 10. So the city got destroyed. But God removed those who were righteous before the city got destroyed. Okay, so God makes you bold. So sometimes God is going to share with you his plans. And if he uh, shares his plans with you, don't just nod your head and say, okay, go ahead. But, but you know, God gives you an opportunity to say, God, can't we, can't we delay it a little bit? Can't we save some people out of this predicament or whatever the case may be because God wants us to be partners with God joined heirs with Christ amen so you and I we have been called joined heirs with Christ so whatever God is doing through Christ Jesus and through the power of the Holy Spirit we have a stake in it amen you, you have the right to you know to intercede to pray and that's what, most, what Abraham did. And, you know, God, you know, answered his prayer in a different way, so, but, but he did, okay? He didn't allow 
the righteous to perish together with the wicked. So God is at work in those who are righteous because of the work of God in our lives. If we are in Christ, then he is at work in us today in great power. And he wants to do greater things than what you have ever seen in the past. Okay? So let's come out of hiding. Okay? Like, like Peter. Let's come out of hiding and face life and obstacles. Don't be afraid. You know, understand who you are. And have courage. Be bold. Be very courageous. Because God does not want you to to be in hiding like Peter and the, 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 the other disciples, but he wanted them to stand and declare the word of the Lord in power. And that's what they did at the day of Pentecost. They could do it because the power of God flowed through them, in them and through them. And that's what God wants to do in each and every one of us. So be bold, be strong, okay? If you don't have Christ, then that message is not for you. So you need to first get Christ so that you become righteous. Okay, and when you are the righteous of God, then you can be bold as a lion. Amen. God bless you. Let us pray. Lord our God, we are so grateful for your encouragement. Lord, for lifting us up through your word. Lord, we have seen how you were working in human beings just like us. And how you, you used them in a powerful and mighty way when the power of God came upon them. And when they were able to fulfill the very promise that God had given to them. So Lord Jesus, I pray we are not here as strangers. We are not here as beggars. We are not here to try and get something that is not ours. You made us heirs of God and joined us with Christ. You have given us a right to receive that boldness, that courage that comes through the Holy Spirit when he works in our lives. And Lord, this is my prayer. Let the Holy Spirit come upon each and every one of us today in a new, fresh way. Lord, so that we are not living as timid human beings, but Lord, that we are able to overcome, fearless about whatever consequences there may be, because we know that you, our God, is ahead of us. You, our God, takes care of us. You, our God, protects us even from our back. Lord, because you are the God who has sent Jesus Christ into this world to redeem us out of darkness, bring us into your wonderful light and equip us with the fullness of the Holy Spirit. To you be the glory and the honor. And everyone say, Amen. Amen. Amen.